Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. As well as the Making Star Wars Podcast Network. Melbourne and LA, do not miss the upcoming Steel Wars Live podcast. If you're in Melbourne over the Easter long weekend as part of the Melbourne International Comedy Festival, Steel Wars will be recording three live afternoon podcasts with different guests each show. Then, if you are going to be in LA on May the 26th, make sure you have your tickets for our solo reaction panel at the Scum and Villainy Cantina in Hollywood, California, the Saturday after the release of the solo standalone film will be breaking it down. Tickets for both shows are available at steelwars.com forward slash live. Just check the link in your show notes. What's up, guys? Welcome to Strathers Wars. I am Eric Strathers, and I do love Steel Wars. And each episode, I find a Patreon supporter to talk about it with. In this episode, I talked to Matthew Thurban from Sydney. Turbo picked some really deep cuts, so it was super cool to go back and check out some of the very early episodes. Anyway, let's just get to it. So, Matthew... Thanks so much for doing this show, man. I was, I was really looking forward to talking to you. And uh, you picked some killer episodes, man. Yeah, Eric. Um, thanks, thanks for inviting me here um, to talk Steel Wars and, and Star Wars on Struthers Wars. I like the name too, Struthers Wars. I dig it. Um, yeah, it's a pleasure. I mean, what a great community Steel's created. Just, I love it. I've, I've been sort of listening to him for you know, almost two years, it seems. It's crazy. Here I am in the right in the middle of the United States, and there you are in Australia, and it's just like no big deal. Hey, man, I like the same things as you. Let's talk about it. So it's uh, yeah. it's really cool how it works out. You know, when Steel first approached approach me about doing this and with with the name Struthers Wars, I'm like, you know, I'm not sure I'm buying it, but everybody seems to like it, so I'm cool with it. I dig it. It's good. I mean, and this is the first time we've actually talked, I believe. Yeah. Um, Maybe on a call-in show. I'm not sure. Maybe uh, not. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. So Turbo has. I do this podcast, The Bad Motivators, and he's he's sent us voicemails. So it's like I've got to hear his voice tons of times. But yeah, I, I don't think that we have ever talked because when I did the the uh, like the listener picks episodes a couple years ago yeah. or a year and a half ago, you sent in a, a completed recording of your own. So I didn't actually That's get right, to interview yeah. you for that. Yeah, man. Um, so this is a treat. It's a treat. It is for me, for sure. But (laughs) so, so let me ask you, man, I've I've been asking everybody this. It's, it's something that steel tends to 
ask his guests about is what have you always been into Star Wars? What's your earliest memory of Star Wars? Yeah, look, I, I absolutely love this question because, you know, every time Steel asks this, it's always something new, always something different. Everybody has their own, you know, vague memories of when they actually started. I was born in 75, so I, I, my first memory, very vague, is watching Empire Strikes Back at the cinema. And I, I, it was close to Christmas. I think I, it came out in May, but I think it was very, very close to Christmas release because I've got this um, photo of me in a Empire Strikes Back T-shirt sitting on Sanders' lap, right? So that, that was my reference. But, um, but as far as remembering the movie in 1980, I don't, I don't have a huge memory apart from the Hoth scene, the opening battle. And I could, I could swear that that battle lasted for like the whole movie or at least half of the movie. But looking back, it's only like 20, 30 minutes, right? And I, and I, think, um, I think it was Gareth Edwards that said the same thing. You know, it's like you're – Childhood memories just are very twisted, right? And my my view of Empire is the whole movie was Hoff. <laughs> you know, I felt the same way whenever I was growing up that that was the bulk of the movie, and then Luke trained with Yoda for you know ten minutes, and then Han was frozen, and then that was the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. yeah, you're not alone, man. I totally get it. I totally right. do. And in terms of like real hard memories, I mean, um, my. F- sort of first memory, I was probably seven or so. I think it was just before Return of the Jedi came out. My, I think my uncle was working for a local airline and he used to go over to places like, you know, Thailand, Hong Kong and bring back bootlegged VHSs. And so he brought back actually episode four on VHS. And, and we used, I used to play that at our, at our house and everyone in the street, like there would literally be like 20 kids sitting in our room watching Wars. You know, they'd, they'd come from, you know, a, a kilometre away just, just to, you know, hang out and watch Star Wars. So we were kind of famous for, you know, in the street for having the first, you know, copy of Star Wars, even though it was bootlegged. Um, <laughs> it was a pretty, pretty bad qu- um, quality copy, but, you know, we loved it. And, uh, yeah, that, that's one of my main memories, right? That's cool. And then, you know, I have very vivid me- memories of seeing Return of the Jedi in the cinema. Um and again, that feeling at the end of Return of the Jedi is like, I think Steel refers to it as just like, all right, that's it. No more Star Wars. Um, I had that same sort of sinking feeling at the end of Return of the Jedi. Yeah, I remember that too, man. It's, it's, I did it because by then, you know, I was born in 73. So you know, I was hitting right around 10 years old. And that movie came out and it had been, the Star Wars saga had been a huge part of my childhood. You know, I saw, well, it wasn't a new hope then, but you know what I mean? It, when I was four and from, <laughs> so you're talking about six years of a 10 year lifespan at that point. That's a huge percentage. <laughs> and I was like, all my toys, all this stuff. And, and now it's gone or not gone, but yeah, that was tough to face. I mean, you're, you've got the Ewok cartoons and the Ewok movies, but they just, they just don't cut it. Right. <laughs> no, man, I got to find the, the Ewok movies on. DVD or something so I can show my kids. I think they would, they would like them, but yeah, they're, uh, they're actually hard to get. The DVDs are actually on eBay going for a lot. The, I've got, I've got like a double disc one, but um, yeah, upwards of 50 or 60 bucks. <laughs> well, sorry, kids, not going to be, not going to be seeing the Ewok movies anytime soon. I should, I should check our local library, man. They, yeah, they've, they've got the most random stuff on DVD. I wonder if they would have it. 
But anyway, anyway, I do go on. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. When did you first discover Steel Wars? Um, again, my memory is hazy. I'm getting old. <clears throat> but um, I think it was um, – I used to listen to – Will. oh, I still listen to Will Anderson, the comedian from Australia's podcast. Uh-huh. And he often showed up on um, I Love Green Guide Letters. So I heard Steel on that, I think, and then sort of went across to – I went, oh, he's got a Star Wars podcast. I might have to listen. He seems – funny enough <laughs> and cool enough. So, uh, yeah, I think I went straight across and I think um, I just started, might have been Steve Sansweet episode. I went back and, or possibly Paul Dempsey, which we'll probably talk about soon. But um, I've kind of been there from the beginning on and off, you know, um, you know, back in when there was a Bandcamp supporter page. So I've kind of been lurking in the background, you know. <laughs> so you think the Steve Sansweet one was your first one? that you've heard, do you have an episode that you would say is your go-to favorite out of all of them? I, mean, I realize that's a tall order because there's so much out there. Um, I, I really, really liked the Nathan Hamill episode just because it was a real spin out, you know, listening to Steel in, you know, the son of Luke Skywalker in his apartment, just talking Star Wars. That was, and I, I keep going back to that one. So, Yeah, that's yeah. a good one, man. That is a good one. Hey, you know, and Nathan Hamill, man, he's super funny too. He he was so cool on that show. We'll we'll talk about that for sure, regardless. But uh, yeah. well, you know, let's plow into this list, man. the The first one you mentioned is episode number three with Paul Dempsey, and for hopefully everybody realizes this, but Paul Dempsey he did Steele's theme song. Yeah. So tell me what 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 sticks out on this episode for you? I mean, I, I guess the main thing is um, you know, back in Back in the early, well, mid to late 90s, you know, when I was at university, I was always going out to see live bands, right, in Sydney. And there were these, there was these three bands. Um, I think they all signed to this new record label. They were the next, supposed to be the next big thing, right? And the three bands that I was kind of listening to at the time were Silverchair, Something for Kate, which is Paul Dempsey's band, and um, this other band called Blue Bottle Kiss, right? So they often used to tour together, and I just thought they were a really cool band. And... And as you know, Silverchair took off in the U.S., I believe. So you, yeah. most of the U.S. people in the U.S. would at least know a couple of their songs. So they really you know, took off. But I'm a more, more fan of an underdog, right? So something for Kate, they've actually been a band for 20 years now. So they're in for the long run, right? So, um, and Paul Dempsey is a great solo artist as well. I think he's got two or three records out. And I believe he was touring the U.S. Um, just recently for a, a David Bowie tribute, I believe. But yeah, definitely check him out. And and I, I just thought it was cool, you know, hearing Steele talk about how he you know, used to sleep on Paul's lounge lounge um, in the early days. I think they were friends from school, I believe. Yeah, I just thought it was very cool just to hear you know one of my favorite bands and Steele just you know being able to talk Star Wars and about life. You know, I think Paul Paul has sort of kids my age as well, and going through you know those decisions, those crucial Star Wars parenting decisions about when to show you kid and wanting your kids to love star wars as much as you do so yeah i just thought it was a really cool episode yeah i I love that part of it too man because that's been a a subject of great debate on the 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 listener safe haven too man it's it's like when to show your kids and stuff yeah and I, i like that you've been hanging out with your son today in the city who how old's Noah? Uh he's just recently three years old. Three. And now you come around to my house to act like a little kid. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I wish he was here. I'm just, you know, 
I'm just waiting for him to get you know another year or two older so that he's ready to sit down and watch it. He doesn't have the attention span yet to sit through a whole movie of anything, but I'm hoping it'll only be another year or two before I'll be able to introduce him to uh, to the joys of the wars of the yeah the Star Wars series. Well, you'd sort of hope as a father and as a Star Wars fan that just the excitement of Star Wars would captivate him for two hours. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I, it it makes me try and think, but you know, to like how old was I when when I my because my earliest my earliest recollection of the Star Wars films is um, being around at my grandmother's house. You know, she used to look after me on weekends uh, while Mum was working. I, th- I just remember, like, I must have been like, I reckon I was four or five years old, and it just seemed like they were on every second weekend. Yeah, <laughs> like it just and and at that point in time, you know, it, it would have just been uh, a new hope. It, like, I, I'm not even sure if Empire would have been made yet when I was four or five. Empire it would have been 1980. Yeah, it would have been made. Yeah, well, it wouldn't have been on TV yet. You know, I mean, the lag time back then. I mean, you'll remember, like, you know, back then when a movie came out in theaters, it you know wouldn't make it to TV for like three or four years later. So yeah, um, I actually remember when Return of the Jedi came out. On video, very exciting. One copy down at the video <laughs> shop, down at Park Video. And it was Moomba weekend because mm-hmm. I remember there was, I was waiting at the video shop for the person to bring it back because <laughs> I missed the first hire. Yes. So I was like the second person to hire it. I remember doing that with Karate Kid. I remember <laughs> hanging around the video store until someone brought it back. <laughs> and in the meantime, the video shop owner got you to polish his car. Yeah. So this will mean something. Just off topic, but still as nerdy as ever, we, I was in America for this the hundreds thing, a clothing brand that I deal with. Mm-hmm. We went for a fun afternoon somewhere, like everyone from around the world. Mm. And we went to like a little amusement parlor thing. Yeah. And it was the one from Karate Kid. Oh, right. Yeah, I remember seeing the pictures you posted. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Unreal. And they had all photos of like Ralph Macchio and... Uh, of course, and Elizabeth Shue. Elizabeth Shue. Yeah. But they got rid of that hockey game that they played. So, I was like, there was two, there's two buildings and yeah. I was just searching yeah, for this yeah. hockey. Because as a kid, that was always captivated me, the little and hockey men. Searching for your own Elizabeth Shue as well. Yeah, and I thought if I got a goal, then this... Hot blonde head, seventeen year old would come up to me, and then I get the shit kicked out of me by a bunch of dudes in skeleton costumes. <laughs> yeah. But back to the wars. So yeah, I I think there's a lot of pressure on your son. You better like this. Please like this. I, I, it's, I'm just going to keep trying. <laughs> you know, like if he, if he, if we like I say, I, you know, I'm trying to work out what the right age is to introduce him to it. So you know, if we give it a shot when he's four and it doesn't work out, I'll just keep trying next year, next year, next yeah. year. I don't care if he's 28. You know, eventually <laughs> he'll give in. Yeah, I'll wear him down. Yeah, you're at the 21st, and it's like, yeah. all right, before we do the speeches, yeah. we're just going to show a little film. <laughs> we hope this is the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Every time, every time we watch a new hope, it'll be a new hope that he, <laughs> that he, that maybe this time, this time he'll like it. You know? yeah. And um, yeah, if he never gets into it, then you just have to have another kid. Yes, <laughs> probably. There is another. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. I like it. All families should be planned around the Star Wars trilogy. Yeah, definitely, definitely. The thing, the thing I've learned about that over the years is just like. You, sh- you should just 
like what you like, and if your kids happen to like it, then it's all cool, right? I've, my kids don't listen to me when I say, hey, watch this, or you'll like this. I'll, they, they won't listen. So right. all I can do is just, you know, watch Star Wars, read Star Wars, have Star Wars stuff around the house. And if they like it, they like it. And luckily they, for the most part, do. <laughs> yeah, I've, I'm in the same boat, man. I'm pretty fortunate. My little boy is way into it. And my daughter, she's a couple years older than him. She, she's into it too, man. Like when I came up here to like set up to, to do this recording with you, she was upstairs. She was playing with my, uh, like my land speeder and stuff. <laughs> and it's, it's cute to see her get into it. But, uh, you know, it, it, speaking of bands, you, you also mentioned episode 67 with Ben Gillies from Silverchair. Tell me about that one. Yeah, look, this one again is just maybe I've just got a thing for music and Star Wars, but um, I just like hearing, you know, conversations between people, you know, musicians. But this one particularly, it was, um, I think Ben was talking about a story where he toured America and finally got to see, I think, the special editions in the cinema. Yeah. And, um, and and he was talking about let me think he was talking about how it was kind of freaked out how American audiences always clap and cheer in movies regardless of whether it's like the opening night or anything people clap and cheer. I do have a good story though. We were um, uh, touring with Silverchair and it was just before. Uh, <laughs> it sounds like you're not in the band. <laughs> <laughs> Silverchair was touring. I just happened to be there. I was tagging along. <laughs> I'm a huge fan. I'm a big fan. They asked me to play. That drummer's useful looks. <laughs> um, uh, and we were in New York, and it was just before the uh, the first three, like the the prequels were. I can't remember the names as well as you can. I'm sure the Phantom Menace was the first one. Yes, yes, yep. So they were just about to start. Um, being rolled out, so they were re-showing the, um, the oh the special editions, yeah, 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 yeah. back yeah. in the cinemas. So I did eventually get to see them in the cinema. Nice, which I was very, very happy about, and I was very happy that I was in uh, in the states. I don't know, it just felt it just felt right at the time. Um, but the, the the oddest thing was at the end of each because we we managed to watch each one when we were there is that at the end of the film, the whole, like I've never experienced, because we don't do it in Australia, the entire audience stood up and would cheer and start clapping. And um, that was quite a surreal experience in a cinema. But it was great. I loved it because I was told that Star Wars, it's like I'm into it. I was up out of my seat going like, yes! Yes! <laughs> <laughs> yes! Well, I went to see the the. the Attack of the Clones, the second prequel, I went to see it with our mutual friend Paul, who oh, did yes. the yes. I was just playing Dempsey, you yes. playing you the uh the amazing theme music he just did for us. And he after the film because you know, like that's when Yoda comes out and has that crazy fight and all that. Yep. Afterwards he goes, Oh do you like the last half of the movie? And I'm like, oh, yeah, it was awesome. And he goes, yeah, because you were standing for most of it. <laughs> <laughs> On your seat. <laughs> no, I was just like, I was like sort of sitting, but out of my seat. Like it was just, it was phenomenal. But I think, and, and this is the, the crazy thing and why, you know, if I, if you listen to this, you've already got tickets to the film, but you have to go see it. Like, as close to the premiere as possible yes. because the people like, like at our one we're, we're, you know, we're doing a conjunction with the fan club and 
So we tons of people in costume and that, but people will go mental. Like there's nothing like at a premiere for Star Wars, people cheering corporate logos. Yeah. You yeah. see like, we won't have 20th Century Fox this time, but you know, the Lucasfilm logo comes up and people are just like, yes, corporate logo. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. It is. As soon as you see that, like it's, you know what it is? It's, it's like this, uh, I don't know. I guess um, movies is like a, it's an escapism. It's like music, you know? And I think as soon as you see that Lucas thing come up, like it's like something magical. It's like, oh my God, I've entered this other world that I didn't know existed. It's a really foreign thing for Australians. We generally don't do that. Um, <laughs> we kind of do it maybe for a, a midnight session, and, you know, in, in Knox in Melbourne somewhere for The Last Jedi, but we, we generally don't do that for any other movies. That is weird when you think about it, because it's not like when you clap for a band, it's because the, the performers are right there and you're clapping to let <laughs> them know that you enjoyed what they did. Well, in a movie, nobody can hear you. No, I mean, none of, the, none of the creative people can hear you. And, you know, I don't think I was ever really, I didn't really do that much until of late because that's what everybody's doing. And I feel awkward if I don't, if I don't clap or something. It was, that's, that is weird. Now I'm going to be thinking about that constantly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem with it. Uh, it's just something that we don't do generally. I when I went to see The Force Awakens on the night it opened, uh, I couldn't go until the like the one a.m. showing because my band was supposed to have a gig, and the the theater was completely full. You could have heard a pen drop the whole time. I mean, it was everybody went there to watch that movie. No, I mean, I think if somebody coughed, they would have gotten shushed by somebody else. It was <laughs> we were there to see that film, and that was the end of that. Man, I don't think there was any, any cheering in there, but <laughs> that that's funny, man. <laughs> um, let's let's walk backwards a little bit, man. Back to episode four with Steve Sansweet, and he is the the. I guess the president, the curator of Rancho Obi-Wan, which I want to go there so bad. And uh, tell me about that episode. What what do you dig about it? Yeah, look, with, with that one, um, when I started listening to Steel Wars, um, it was just around the time uh, where I was about to go for a trip to the US because my, my new company I started was based in Silicon Valley. I had a two-week trip planned. Um, and I just happened to listen to this episode and you know because I knew who Steve Sansu was. I didn't know anything about Rancho Obi-Wan. I didn't know he, it existed. Maybe I'm a bad fan, but um, I'm just so glad that I listened to this episode beforehand because um, you had to book two or three months in advance for a private tour. You had to join the, the Rancho Obi-Wan club, but I'm so glad I did because, you know, Steve's an awesome dude, so friendly. Um, and we had a private tour that I think it lasted almost three hours. It was it was awesome. He, I mean, at the end, he, he lets you play his pinball machines and hang around a bit longer. Um, he kept on pointing out there were a lot, there were a lot of Australians on the tour. So he kept on pointing out some cool Australian items. I think there was some chewing gum and maybe a Darth Vader shampoo, I think. But, um, and, and at the end during the episode, you can hear people playing the, the pinball machines in the background. So, so have a listen out for that. Like for us visiting there was a day we'll never forget. We loved it. It's weird that collecting 
it seems quite materialistic. But when we went there, it was we just walked out. We were so happy. It's all about connections. Mm-hmm. It's all about, I mean, what collecting and Star Wars fandom has done for me is, you know, make friends all over the world. I mean, I can go to you know, a couple of dozen countries and I'll know somebody that I can let know I'm coming and we'll get together, spend some time. Um, and meeting lots of new friends and making lots of new th- friends through through Rancho everywhere. I mean, people are coming from as far as way as Australia. I don't even know where that is. <laughs> um, obviously, I've spent a bunch of time in Australia over the years and have a lot of good friends there. But it's that sense of community that all of us love so much. It's why so many people go to celebration. Yeah, yeah. There's the stuff, and that's cool, but. You know, if there wasn't that sense of community, none of this would exist. Mm-hmm. Do you find that you have an addictive personality? This no, is- I wouldn't call myself addictive. I have a collecting personality. Yeah. I think there's a lot different. An addictive personality can't stop. Mm-hmm. And I can stop when I need to stop and when it's a matter of I can't afford that. You know, I see a, a, a solid gold Japanese... Uh, three and a three quarter inch C3PO, only seven thousand dollars. Very easy for me to say. Oh, that's nice. There is a sort of a misconception that you do have everything and you buy everything. No, well, I mean, you can't have everything. Yeah. I mean, I call myself a completist, like some other friends, and that just means really not that I buy everything, but I like all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Most people focus on action figures or a single character, like Darth Vader. You know, I, I like the assortment. I like how it shows Star Wars as part of a pop culture. I like how you, you can find a, a a German printed cone from Clone Wars and say, what, what is that? It looks like a dunce cap when really you hold it the other way and, and you fill it with candy and school supplies for a kid's first day back at school. Uh, or you have a box of three and a quarter inch floppy disks from Germany because that was the that was the medium long past. You have kids today who so say, "What's that?" So um, it just shows you how long Star Wars has been around and 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 how different cultures adapt their things for Star Wars. I thought also the the coolest things in in Rancho Obi Wan was the stuff that people had made. For oh me. yeah, and that and that's my that's. That's my big area of collecting now. It's uh, it's the fan-made items which show not only the skill and the talent of Star Wars fans all over the world, but their passion for mm-hmm. Star Wars. It comes through in all of those pieces. Look at this very little Bantha from the Holiday Special um, that a lady named Amy Schoberg, Schoberg from Seattle made. She's made a couple of other ornaments for me. So she does do-it-yourself stuff, and, and but... She doesn't, so she can mount to people and mm. give them joy too. Yeah, yeah, that that was awesome. Um, so I'm, I'm so glad I listened to that, and and yeah, I made it to Rancho Obi Wan, and I highly recommend it for anyone. Man, I would love, I would love, love, love to go out there. Do it, do it. <laughs> I will. I shall somehow. I don't know. I'll figure it out. I'll I'll figure it out. Uh, episode forty three with a uh, uh, Clem Basto. Tell me about that one, man. Yeah, look, again, it comes back to that question that Steele always asks is, you know, what's your first memory of Star Wars? And and this one with Clem. So Clem's a, a writer. I think she does a few screenplays. I think she writes a lot of um, articles on the, yeah, yeah, I think, Sydney Morning Herald, possibly. Um, but she's really cool, and she has she has a lot to say about um, 
about Ray and, and Force Awakens and, and um, that sort of thing, and a bit of cod, cosplaying as well. But but what really sort of triggered me was when when they were talking about um, this Yoda poster. So if anyone remembers, you know, in the eighties, in libraries all around, you know, schools and and everywhere, there was there was a poster of Yoda with a with a book in his hand, and it just said Yoda reads. I don't know. Mark Hamill gets unfairly dissed. I reckon. Like I, I just think he fit. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at fifty dollars, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. He just fits Luke Skywalker so like Absolutely. From, from like the whiny kid to, you know, <laughs> in, in like hanging out with a, a puppet and a tin can for half a movie yep. on a six foot high swamp set. Yeah. Which, you know, it's many people's most, um, you know, moving moments are mm. uh, with Yoda and Luke on Dagobah. And it's, you know, while it's the stuff that Yoda says that people get into, it's how Luke reacted to it through the whole... Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like well, if, he, if he, he was sort of camping it up with Miss Piggy... <laughs> Like it, but he's the kind of surrogate for the audience, mm. you know. I mean, you, you kind of go on that journey with him because I think his performance is kind of a little bit, uh, you know. Wouldn't you? You know, that's the thing. We all like to think that if we landed on Dagobah and Yoda was giving us the Force 101 that we would jump to it. But you would probably sit there and think this is a bit gross. And who is this? Why is he cooking? This food's disgusting. Like, when are we going to get to the point, you know? Yeah. And if he's got a lightsaber, why do you want this little torch so much? <laughs> <laughs> Very strange. I have, well, do you remember? Because actually, I, I, another early um, Star Wars moment for me was the old Reed poster in the libraries with Yoda on it. Yeah, man. That really freaked me out. Because, it freaked you out. Well, because I hadn't seen at that, at that point, I hadn't watched Return of the uh, Empire Strikes Back all the way through. Because um, you ran out. Yeah. So I was like four and a half when I started school and we had the Yoda poster in, in the library and I was just like, what the fuck is that? Read. Really? Because that for me was, because it was in, like, like I, I know exactly in our primary school library where yeah, it was. Same. And I used to always read in that corridor underneath it because I, I just thought that was the cool, well, that's a bit with this. I don't know, there's something about it that I just... I'd just make an excuse to go to the library to stare at the poster. That's great. Because I just couldn't believe Yoda was in... I don't know, it was just something that made the library cool. Yeah. See, at the time, I didn't even know it was Yoda. And then, you know, like a year or so later when I watched the film, I was like, oh, right, okay. I just found it really spooky. You just thought it was some really ugly teacher that you hadn't seen around campus yet. <laughs> some nun. <laughs> Straight away, that takes me back to my primary school, you know, when I was like seven or eight. I think I actually skipped scripture class because I wanted to go and read with Yoda in the library. <laughs> but um, yeah, <laughs> sorry, Eric. <laughs> but um, but yeah, that that's that's sort of that's a it's a good a good episode. It's a bit of a deep cut, but um, I urge you all to go back and check out that one. You know, when you see stuff like that, that reminds you of your childhood. Steel would talk about the Return of the Jedi 
kids book that you would get like in America we yeah, had the scholastic, sc- scholastic yeah. book orders yeah and I can remember having that book and I was at my dad's in the in in the basement there was a whole bunch of of my old stuff in there that was left and I found this huge stack of old comic books and I was hoping that that book would be in there and it it wasn't but oh my gosh man I remember it so well and when you see that stuff like if I if I found a copy today I would probably be able to tell you, you know, exactly what every picture was going to look like before I turned the page to it. This is, you know, you wear that stuff out and it sticks on you in such a formative way. And whenever you you gave me the link to that, the the poster you're talking about, I'm like, oh my God, I remember this. (laughs) It it pulls at the heartstrings, man. But I've been, I've been, I have an eBay watch list, but I can't find any posters. So, Hopefully someone does a reprint or something. Surely someone's help me out here. <laughs> I'd love to have a, one of those posters. Oh my gosh, that would be so cool to find something like that, you know, in pretty yeah, good yeah. condition from from way back when, you know. But I don't have any cool yeah, stuff now. I I was too hard on my stuff when I was a kid. I guess the only thing I have left really is like a shoebox full of old figures and um and the Hoth battle set. I think it was. Uh, that's that's all trashed, you know. It's it's not in great condition, but I've got it, so it's cool. Speaking of kids and toys, man, in episode one hundred and two with Nathan Hamill, he talks about how being a kid that all the toys that would get shipped to their house, and he would see he would <laughs> see the the Kenner font that we all recognize from the your snoke theory sucks shirts but he that's on the right. boxes and that's what he associated with star wars man so i'm glad you picked that episode because i love it too tell me tell me like what some of your favorite moments from it are i look definitely the the favorite moment is when they're still and nathan are riffing on you know the plan or the plan to do with um getting han from jabba's palace <laughs> right and the thing is i can't imagine what's still what's going through steel's head like when he's talking to, again, the son of Luke Skywalker uh, about, you know, the plan behind, you know, one, one of the, his most favorite scenes of all time, right? I mean, but we have to go back to the plan to rescue Han. It was just, it's funny because when we all saw the movie, it was, oh no, this is this fun and exciting adventure. Like now with people have all this time, they just, they pick it apart and go, what exactly was the plan? But it's, it's true. All right. You guys go in first Lando. You've been there for six months to a year, just maybe giving them information. Go in in disguise. Yeah. But whenever you can lift pull the your mask, mask down. down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and expose who you are. Exactly. That you're this quite famous person. Did the news, yeah, about the whole Bespin thing get out? I guess they're, they're in the outer room, so maybe they don't, they don't have space CNN. Yeah, but you'd think a guy like Lando Carizian would have, you know, he'd have a bit of a rep. Yeah. He's been around playing Sabak. Oh, the Millennium Falcon, yeah. We'll come in two at a time. All right, now, Leia, you go in and just give Chewbacca up. I don't know what that... Basically, everyone get in place so Luke can come in without his lightsaber. That's a big call. Yeah. When Luke could have just gone in by himself, just, just go in first. And... That's like me coming here without my microphone. Right, right. And just like, we'll, we'll wing it. <laughs> we'll just rig up something to your MacBook. Exactly. It's, it's foolhardy. So, all right, let's work this out. So Lando goes in, implants himself. That makes sense. So he could feed them information, let them know when everyone sleeps, and yeah. Leia comes in, 
gives up Chewbacca, mm-hmm. frees Han. Did they think they could get out then? Because the thing, the the crucial thing of the plan is, did they go out to the Sarlacc like every two days? If someone just spilled a drink, it's like, let's go to the Sarlacc. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, that's the punishment. Well, maybe that's what Lando was there for, to see how often they, they take the uh, Sarlacc trip, how often they do the, the execution. That makes sense. Because maybe he reports back, you know, this job is not such a bad guy. He doesn't kill anyone. So we got to think of a new plan. <laughs> what, a, what an interesting report that would be. He's not such a bad guy. But now don't you? Yeah. Puts on a good party. Great music. I guess it's just that Luke didn't want to go in with the lightsaber because they're in a, a small space and they've got a lot of blasters. You can't, can't take everyone out. So let's go out to this open sand dune, this open area and well, that's one theory pick him off. They just wanted to get him out of his the, comfort zone. Yeah, <laughs> like out of the palace. Then you could strike a little bit harder. But it was a gutsy move not going with the lightsaber. But then here's the other thing. Mm-hmm. How'd they know... That R2 would be assigned to like, be Bar 2D2. To be like a yeah. yeah, to be like a Red Bull girl. <laughs> exactly. We've yeah, he got he gets held up with something, he can't be out there at that exact moment. Then Well maybe we need a comic where Lando like wrecks the old bar droid. Right. Then there's someone just rocks up and it's like you've got the job. <laughs> you're hired. Have you got George Lucas's phone number? We should ring him and really You could pretend you're your dad and say there you oh, go. I need answers. Yeah. Horses. But like, yeah, just uh maybe they had a contingency plan. We'll never know. We'll never know. But it's just funny now that something that was just well, we know the real reason, which is just it's all about the one moment where the lightsaber pops out and you do the flip and that's the first aha moment. Oh, of- oh you mean the best moment in film history? Yes, <laughs> that one. That is quite a moment. That must have been really disappointing if you ever, like, as a kid, you were at the diving board with your dad and you're like, do the backflip again. Yeah. Like, oh. Uh, oh, not today. Yeah. Hey, Batman's on. Let's go watch that. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't imagine what Steele was thinking. It was kind of probably pretty surreal. Yeah, I love that episode. I love it. It goes for quite a while. It goes for quite a while. They just... Totally riffing off it, and I think it's close to half an hour, I think. Like they keep coming back to the plan, you know? <laughs> what was the plan? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, because they, they do. They look back around because there was a spot where it something came up with, well, my dad can beat up your dad. Oh, yeah, well, my dad will <laughs> come over, and it'll be, you know, he'll have a he'll have something hidden in your freezer. And, <laughs> oh, my God, it's so good. The other thing at the end of the episode, they were talking about episode eight. Obviously, it wasn't out. Nathan sort of mentioned he'd you know, like to come back and talk uh, about episode eight with Steele. So hopefully Steele's listening and sends out an invite to Nathan because that would be awesome to get his thoughts on you know, the whole Luke Skywalker arc. And yeah, that'd be really cool. Well, in his own appearance in the film too. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So all the um, Hamill siblings in, in, in the crate scene at the end, <laughs> actually looking at the force projection of their real father. <laughs> right. So, oh my, yeah, that's, that's like breaks that's your head it. thinking about it. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, really cool. It was funny because I, in that scene, I remember, and this is sound terrible, but Chelsea Hamill, I've always thought she's like super pretty. And so when they pop their heads up, I'm like, my gosh, that girl is good looking. Who is that? Because I could <laughs> recognize her in my head. I'm like, who is she? She's so pretty. I'm like, I think that's Chelsea Hamill before I even realized that was Nathan Hamill standing right behind her, you know? 
Yeah, I didn't get it till the second or third time, really. I mean, how cool for them to be able to do that. That's really something, man. So yeah. Yeah, I do wonder what he what they think of that film. Huh. Get all get all three on. Why not? Yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> that'd be something, man. I'm not I'm not asking for much, am I, right? <laughs> no, not at all. I think, but, you know, I But I mean, Steele does have a knack of getting really awesome guests and I I don't know what his secret is, but I like it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how he does it, man. I have found, like for me with music, like some of the friendships I've made, it's like you just never know until you ask kind of thing. And but yeah, yeah, man. I that would be cool to have him have him come back on. Now, this next one that you mentioned, this was one of my favorites. And this is episode one fifty five where it's the in the car last Jedi reaction with Steele's wife, Jackie. And, you know, for me, hearing Steele be able to get emotional about it is, it mirrors how I feel about it so much, you know, and hearing how um, understanding she is of it. Because I I think my wife is, (laughs) she sort of gets it, but she's like, good Lord, suck it up. But, get, over, get over it <laughs> yeah yeah so what was your favorite part of that man because there's the, the whole thing's really good that was actually i think my favorite last jedi reaction podcast out of all the podcasts i listened to that was my favorite yeah yeah look that that one i actually downloaded that on the way down to melbourne for the midnight premiere and i think it was available before i think still had just seen the movie and obviously posted this straight away but i didn't listen to it until my flight back after I'd seen the midnight session and I was like zero sleep. I was kind of mildly hungover. I was, I saw the last Jedi and I didn't know what to think. And this kind of broke me a bit. (laughs) I was a bit of a mess when I listened to this on the plane on the way home. Before we have to drop you off, tell us from your first viewing, what was your favorite moment? What was your highest point and what was your lowest point? I think the lowest point might have been Leia floating through space because <laughs> it just doesn't fit in with my rationale of the galaxy, of the Star Wars galaxy. Yes. And and so I just have to come to terms. Like, I just have to adjust to that's how things are. Yes. Like, um, I, I think, like... I'm going to get upset. Uh-oh. <laughs> we're driving, we're podcasting, we're crying. <laughs> I just... <sighs> I don't know how I'm going to talk about this on the live show. I guess I'll have a few beers and be amped. But... <laughs> but <laughs> I can't start talking about it without going to cry. Well, that's okay. We would maybe just cry and get it out and then you'll be okay. able to say it. My highest point yes. is that Luke Skywalker came back and was a hero. <laughs> oh, Steel. That's all I, I just want him That's to come back. That's all you wanted. I just want him to be a hero one more time. Did you think he wasn't going to, though? I was scared when the Falcon flew off without him. Like, I was like, how the hell is he going to get to Crate? And little did I know he could just, like, think about it and go there. Mm. But, um, oh, yeah, I, I was just, 
I was just thrilled that he came back. Yeah. And just... You were just a kid again. Yeah, I just wanted him to be a hero one more time. Yeah. And then I was like, it's so weird, I get so <laughs> upset about it, but... I just wanted, before I, like, I sort of had this weird thing. I was like, this could be it for him. Um, and I just wanted him to be a hero one more time. And then I could let go. Yeah, yeah. Well, I feel like he definitely got that. Yeah. So, him, and and him coming to see Leia, um, I was so glad that, like, Carrie Fisher and him, and I, and then that was sort of sad because it was, like, Carrie Fisher and... Yeah. And, um... Yeah, I found her hard to watch in parts. Yeah, I, I was fine except that, that bit with Luke. That, yeah. That, that got me. The feeling of, you know, watching your hero um, and what happens to your heroes and the expectations you have. And I think, I think Steel may have, may have said it, um, or the Stone said it as well, but you... You can't always get the Luke Skywalker you want. You get the Luke Skywalker you need. And, um, yeah, that's, that's the way I feel about the movie is, like, you have all these visions in your head of what Luke should be, and it turns out this is, it was exactly what you needed. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it, man. That really is. It's, I'm getting a little emotional now myself. <laughs> uh, that movie, I don't know, every time I've seen it, when it, when it cuts to the scene where he's levitating above the rock, and with his eyes scrunched down hard, and because I mean, it like gets me every time. And where if, if I'll start to get a little teary eyed because it's just, I don't know. I, I, I me, me personally, I love the movie. I think what they did with the character was tremendous. And, and I, yeah, hooray. I agree. Um, more I see it, the more I agree with the whole story arc. Just love it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a. I could get into a whole spiel about that, but that's not what we're here to do. <laughs> yeah. The, the next episode <laughs> on the list, man, and this is the last one, is uh, is another Last Jedi live reaction pod. Is episode one fifty six. That was the the live one that you went to. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I mean, this is my the first time um, I'd been to one of these midnight sessions, and look, I'm so glad I did. I had to score a few um, brownie points with the wife to get down there. And, um, yeah, I, I'm glad I did, for, especially for episode eight with the whole Ignite the Green. And, you know, I had, I had similar expectations to Steel. And, you know, I just – I actually felt like I had to be there. Um, but and one of the coolest things about this episode was not only just the excellent guests they had. They actually had Paul Dempsey there. Um, I can't name all the guests off the top of my head. But um, it just – there was actually – even though it was kind of um, – everyone was sort of – what was the word? Everyone didn't know what to think. It was like, it was like a therapy session almost. Right, um, right. But, but a, a, lot of the, a lot of the comedians that came on sort of lightened things up and helped us deal with, deal with what we just saw. Um, but the other cool thing was just meeting a lot of people from the safe haven, to be honest, people that you converse with over Facebook and Twitter. And um, I mean, I could roll out some names, you know, Matt Frost, he's awesome, Josh, Tracy Gardner, Michael and Jacob. So Michael and Jacob actually gave Matt Frush um, and I a lift back to the airport. So that was cool. That's cool. And look, everyone, a- Andy Campbell, I can name everyone, but they were just all awesome people. Hugh Fleming, um, 
yeah. So I'm just so glad I went down there. And this one, this one's kind of like a more of a personal one to me. It may not be the funniest, but look, it's it's a good memory of you know that time. Now, there may have been a bit of talk over the past year about igniting the green. In fact, someone came up to me before the show and said, hey man, if you want to ignite the green, come with us right now. (laughs) Am I not handicapped enough to do this podcast right now? Judging by those two giggling idiots there, I think it was them. And he did ignite the green in the past to try kill his nephew. What I'm trying to say is buy a T-shirt. So a cat to feed. Here's the deal. I, I know like, uh, people that listen to the podcast all the time might like, wonder if, like, what I felt about... Listen, Luke Skywalker was my hero from probably age three or four. And he taught me so much. And I really wanted to ignite the green one more time. But the one thing I really wanted him to be, I just wanted him to be a hero one more time. And he did. <laughs> and Mark Hamill is the man... I'm happy with it. I, I think the way the Luke Skywalker died was dope. But if that motherfucker doesn't come back as a Force Ghost in episode nine, <laughs> I'm going to be looking like that dude in two years. <laughs> that's the last one, I promise. That's... Well, and that's really what this show's about, man. It's what, is, what did this episode do for you? And because yeah, we... Yeah. Realistically, there's, <laughs> I feel like I'm kissing Steele's butt, but there's so <laughs> many episodes and there's so much content to take in. And so that's why this format right here is great because it's, you know, you're getting somebody's personal take on here's, here's why this episode spoke to me the way it did. Here's why I dig it so much and, and hearing a clip from it. So that's cool that it's got that personal spin on it for you. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You, you know, the safe haven is like that a lot with with people that you like with you man interacting with you or with Frouche. i if i were to come and hang out with you guys i don't think it would be weird in the slightest for any amount of time at all was, no, exactly that that's the way i felt with everyone that i met down there it was just like it was like a little family or something it was just yeah it was awesome it was like you know old friends you know exactly and that's what's so cool about this community man it's just a bunch of movies that that somehow brought us together in this community exactly and there's a, there doesn't seem to be any negativity at all it's all just yeah i mean it's not super positive it's all just it's it's just everyone gets along and it's i, I think it's yeah i love it it's great yeah i don't want to get into a whole philosophical bent here but it, there's a an aspect of that where i feel like it's a shame that we're amazed by that fact 
You know what I mean? Yeah. It's great that people aren't being total buttholes to each other because yeah. <laughs> that's how it should be all the time. But yeah, we have to actually have a no dickhead policy in it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's pretty self regulating, you know? Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> so, well, man, I've, that's a great list of episodes. And, you know, one of the things for me is like, I'll go through and, it's like, oh, yeah, I for- oh, I forgot about that. Oh, I forgot about that. And so it's always really cool to get, like, the refresher on these. Uh, but let me ask you this. So now that we're on the backside of The Last Jedi, what do you think is going to happen next in Episode Nine? Any any ideas? Uh, look, I, I try not to think about it too much. I mean, I, I'm i really keen to, to read, say, the novel of The Last Jedi. I want to dig a bit deeper into that. It, it's all too much to think about episode nine right now i mean you've got solo this the solo teaser teaser just dropped i mean we could talk about that for ages but um that's for another day but you know i i don't i try not to have too many expectations too early yeah i i think it's going to be pretty open-ended um it could be a completely different story i mean the one thing i hope is that we see more of luke um force ghost luke but who knows we may only see a small small amount of luke yeah, I hope we get Force yeah. Ghost Luke. But, but yeah, I don't know what I hope for. As long as it's a good movie. As long as, you know. Yeah, exactly. As long as it's a they've JJ Abrams feels like he's here's the story I really feel compelled to tell. I think he'll do a good job. I mean, I think he's people always say he's the safe option, but it, it is kind of true. He knows he knows all the story beats. He knows he knows all the right emotions to tug and um like in the Force Awakens, you know, I think I think he'll do a good job. I do too, man. I do too. Yeah. But, well, Turbo, I really appreciate you doing this, man. No problem. Thanks for inviting me. <laughs> I hope it didn't take me too long to like get, get a window of time where it could work out. My schedule's crazy, and I always feel like I'm the I'm the roadblock in this. But, man, you've been such a good sport, and I really do appreciate it. No problems, man. Good to talk to you. I feel like I've known you for a while. <laughs> the first time talking. <laughs> I know. Same here, man. Same here. Well, cool, man. Thanks so much. All right, Eric. Take it easy, man. Oh, what a killer time. I really like the musician episodes. Paul Dempsey and Ben Gillies. Those are a couple of my favorites. And uh, Turbo, I'm glad you picked him. That guy's awesome, man. Super cool, dude. If you're a Patreon supporter and you'd like to be on an episode of Strathers Wars, just comment on the Patreon post for this particular episode and I'll hit you up. If you're not a Patreon supporter, you're missing out. For just three bucks a month, you can have more content than you know what to do with, and you can become a supporter right now by going to patreon.com slash steelwars. If you want to hear more about what I do, check out my podcast, The Bad Motivators, a malfunctioning Star Wars podcast, and I'm also on the Making Star Wars Network's very own Sith List. Well, guys... It's been a good time. Thanks for listening, and I hope that you'll go back and check out the entire full-length version of each one of these episodes. Until next time, I am out of here. And may that force be with you. If you're like me and you want to check out as many quality voices in Star Wars fandom as possible, check out the Making Star Wars podcast network at makingstarwars.com.
Net. Not only is makingstarwars.net the home for the hottest news and rumors in the Star Wars universe, but they have also got a top shelf podcast network. Now this is podcasting, Rebel Girl, The Cantina Cast, Blue Harvest, The Rogue One, a podcast for winners, The Sith List, Podcast 2187, Tarkin's Top Shelf, The Idiot's Array, all available on iTunes or makingstarwars.net. Just hit the Podcast Network button. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.